he's saying, you know, like if, if Megan wants me to do so, can I use you, Pete, and we won't fall out? Got a thumbs up. If Pete, <coughs> if Pete comes to me and she tells me if I do something, then she will perform a certain way, that she's trying to manipulate me. That's not what God's saying. What Jesus is saying is this, is when you get to the place that you start loving me, keeping the commandments ain't a problem. I went on to tell you that it's by the power of the Spirit because in that same scripture, I think it's in John 14, I think it's John 14, I believe. And he goes on to tell them that he's going to send the Comforter. Who's the Comforter? The Holy Ghost. I heard Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. I'm going to touch on that again this week to touch, to help you with this. There are people who are Christians who will have major debates over Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost. English is very Only in the English language do we translate it two ways. In the Greek language, it's translated one word, one, one way for the Holy Spirit. In Spanish, it's called Espiritu Santo. They don't have to argue the word of which it is. They don't have to wonder. Only in our English language, whether we're speaking 16th century language or if we're speaking modern language, it's either one. So I'm telling you that to say this. I may say Holy Spirit this morning. I may say Holy Ghost. He's the same fella. We good with that? Okay. <clears throat> and so we're following up. By the way, happy birthday, America. Most of you, yes, amen. And God needs to come into America, don't he? It's 4th of July Sunday. I had to mention that. Otherwise, I wouldn't be following protocols. But God gave me this months ago. I knew that it was falling on this day that I would be preaching it, how it fell in. I didn't know at the time how it was going to work, but I have talked to him, and this is what he said to do. I'm not belittling the birthday of our country, but I will say this for our country. It's like a, a teenager that... Well, I, let, let me take that back because that's the wrong set of words. I'm going to back that up forget I ever said those words. It's like a person who had Jesus and fell away from Jesus. That's the state of our nation today. Sadly, that's the state of many of our churches today. We have this, and then all of a sudden we don't, and we blame everybody else around why we don't, but yet here we are today, and can I say this? It's 4th of July weekend. I, we got more people here this morning than I was expecting to have on 4th of July weekend. Vacations and all these different things going on, and I'm like, wow, God knew what he was doing. So you pray for me as I try to bring this about this morning. You'll find, and boy, i got to get on my horse. You got one of these in your... In your uh, in your uh, bulletin. Thank you. I was going to put it up on the screen, but Mr. Charlie is on the other side. He's on the right coast this morning, close to it. And uh, I fix this up, and usually I send stuff to him, and then he does the magic that he does to make it go from my house to his house to this to that. And I don't know what he does. I don't know how he does it. So I did this, and so had to frantically rushed this morning to make you copies. 
So that's at the end of the message is where we're going with that this morning. But Kenan, could you put that song up there that I asked you a minute ago? Or Caitlin? Where'd Kenan go? Did he get raptured? By your spirit I will rise. I want to talk to you this morning. Now that we sing that song, by your spirit I will rise. It's his spirit that makes us function as believers. Okay? By his spirit I will rise. Whenever there's an unction going on inside of us, whether we're in a church service in Huddleston or if we're at the state convention, which is in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a healing service. If you've got something wrong in your body, in your spirit, make it there. Pretend it's the old days and Jesus is coming to town, but he ain't coming right to your town. Show up. Show up and receive from God. It will be a Thursday, a Friday, and a Saturday morning. But come and receive what God has. Amen? I can't stress that to you enough. And I'm not looking for kudos from the state overseer to say, oh, we had 100 people there. I don't care about that. I care about you receiving something from God. And if you want to be in a place where the Spirit of God is overflowing, you get to a place where there are a lot of Spirit-filled people praising and worshiping God, and you'll have the Holy Ghost moving. Otherwise, he don't. And that's why I'm teaching this today. I'm teaching this today because we're surrounded in this church right here of people from all kinds of doctrinal backgrounds. I'm going to touch on it today. I'm going to try to my best to do it in love. But I want you to receive what God has for you. We're going to do it by the word is what we're going to do. I want you to receive what he has by the spirit, his spirit. I will rise. Otherwise, we don't rise. So we're going to talk about Espiritu Santo this morning, the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about being baptized in the Spirit this morning. Anybody ready for that? Let me see your hands if you're excited about learning about being baptized in the Spirit. Because I'm going to tell you this morning when we get done, you're going to find out if you don't believe in that, if you haven't been baptized in the Spirit, or if for some reason the Spirit has gotten away from you because sin has done entered back into our lives, it's time for a fresh feeling. Amen? And I'm going to tell you what. The devil don't want me preaching this message. He worked on me while I was in Paraguay. I knew I was coming back to preach this message. I knew the plane wasn't going to crash because I had one more message to preach. I haven't a clue what I'm preaching next week. But I do know this. I was coming back to preach this and he's done everything in his power to trip me up get me off track to where I won't go there but guess what we're going to go there because it's by his spirit Ken don't have that in him amen ain't nobody else got it in him either it's by his spirit I got glasses somewhere sweetie did I leave them down there oh here they are told y'all I'm out of whack this morning so I want you to follow me this morning and I'm going to teach this morning okay but I want you to follow what I'm giving you. I want you to write down scriptures. I want you to get it in you because you're going to need to take this to someone. Remember, we're disciples, making disciples, making disciples, making disciples. How can we do that if we don't know? So if you got your Bibles, open them up this morning. We are going to have scriptures up on the screen, but I want you taking notes this morning so this will get inside of you because a lot of you didn't raise your hand a minute ago. Ooh. I want you to receive this.
So we're talking about high legan geist. We're talking about Holy Spirit. We're talking about Holy Ghost. We're talking about Espiritu Santo. He is the same. And by the way, He is in the Godhead. He's one of them. The third person in the Trinity. He is a person. I've wondered about this sometimes. Is, is that His name or is that His title? Because we do use in our English language a whole lot, it and He and thee. Jesus even said it, so I guess it's okay. But I need you to understand, we're not talking about an inanimate object. We're talking about a person. Okay. The word baptizo, it comes from, I mean, baptism comes from the word baptizo, which is to make, to make whammed or to be fully immersed into something. That's what the word baptize means. And so this morning we're going to talk about Three baptisms that's mentioned in the Bible. I'm going to show you in Scripture. But to be baptized is to be fully in, immersed into something. The first one I want you to look at is 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Now, have you ever been around the Pentecostal church and you hear baptism of the spirit, baptism with the spirit, baptism in the spirit? By the way, they are different. Hang, hang with me. I want you to just listen and take this in this morning. Let the Holy Ghost do His work. It says, by one spirit we were all baptized. Now, folks, he's talking to believers here. He's not talking about everybody else in the world that's not a believer. By one spirit we were baptized into one body. See, that's the baptism of the spirit. You see, whenever I preach, whatever Sunday that it is that I preach, or a Wednesday, or whatever day that it might be, when I preach... The Holy Spirit is leading me, and I'm trying my best to follow Him. And as I bring out the Word, He starts working among you, or whoever's listening. And this guy over here, he may hear what's being said, and conviction hits, and he gets mad. He gets mad at the preacher. The reason he gets mad at the preacher, he don't understand the concept of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that does the convicting. So he gets mad at the guy delivering the message. Preacher's like the mailman bringing the mortgage payment every month, sticking it in the mailbox. He's the bad guy. But this guy hears it, he's convicted, and he does something about it. He lets the Spirit pull him in. That happened to me. That's happened to many of you, maybe all of you, that you were saved that day. So the Spirit is the one that baptizes you in Jesus. You're fully immersed into Christ. That's what that says. By one spirit we were baptized into one body. We were brought into the fold. We belong to Jesus Christ. Amen? So by this spirit, by this one spirit, that would be the baptism. He does some baptizing of his own. And, you know, the guy over here, he might be sitting over here thinking about the NFL draft and what's going to happen in two months in the NFL when it opens up. He ain't hearing nothing. But it's the same spirit that's doing the work. But I want you to talk to you about another one. What's another baptism that we have? Anybody want to take a, a shot at it? Baptizing in water, Matthew 28 and 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
So that's what you and I do. We go into all the nations, take the gospel, tell them the good news about Jesus, and whenever they receive Christ, when the Holy Spirit does His work, and they said, yes, I need you, Jesus, i got to have you. I need you to be Lord of my life. That's at the moment when we go and then we get water baptized. That's okay. That's what the Bible says. But next one I want to talk to you about is the baptism with the Spirit. Go to Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. I indeed baptize. Who's the I? Well, no, this is John talking. John the Baptist. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto, unto, unto repentance. But he who the he is is Jesus. He who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So we got another baptism that we're talking about here. We're talking about a baptism that Jesus does. And it's with the Holy Spirit. What is baptism? It's being fully immersed. He fully immerses us into the Spirit. Okay? So we got three baptisms we're talking about, but let's look at it. This baptism with the Spirit that so many like to write it off, many say that doesn't happen, we'll get there in a minute, we're going to go a little bit deeper, but I just want to show you, it's in all four Gospels. In Mark chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, I indeed baptized you with water, but He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In Luke 3.16, John answers saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He's talking about Jesus coming. He's telling them, hey, he's coming. When we know that Jesus showed up, right? Remember he come walking up by the edge of the water? He said, oh, behold, the Lamb of God. Okay, look in John 1 and 33. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on. You have to understand that the Holy Spirit, that's how we have scriptures by the way, they're all inspired of God, so the Spirit came down, he said on these fellows, different ones throughout the Bible, they wrote the scriptures out. That was the work of the Spirit. It was a man holding the pencil, pencil, but it was God that was doing the work through the Spirit. But he had never stayed on anybody. But when Jesus came, he came and he remained on him. How do we know that? We know that after he landed on him, that the Spirit drove him into the wilderness where he was tempted, right? And the Spirit is the one that helped him to overcome, brought back the scriptures to him that he gave to the devil so the devil didn't have any power over him. So what I'm telling you is, is when you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't have any power. We walk around in this life without power to overcome. That's what happens. And so here we are. He says he's remaining on him. You remember Saul had the Spirit, right? And he, done, he didn't listen to God. I preached on this not long ago, his disobedience. He thought his sacrifice was more important than his obedience, but the Spirit left him. Right, And he spent the rest of his life chasing David because he's jealous of him. I'm going to tell you what, when the Holy Spirit's in you, there ain't no jealousy floating around. That don't happen. You can play the banjo pretty good. sounded good up here this morning. I can't do it. Wish I could. But I ain't jealous of you. Then you do what you do. I do what I do. And together, the Spirit puts us in here to work. Amen? So, we need the Holy Spirit. David, when he committed adultery with Bathsheba, do you think the Spirit stayed with him? No. 
In Psalms 51 and 11 it says, Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. He had something and he didn't want to lose it and that's why he's talking to God and begging to God, don't take him from me. Why? Because I need him. So i got a question for you. If Jesus needed to be baptized with the Spirit, don't we? Amen. We do. He is our example, right? Jesus is our example. So what we see here in this baptized of the Spirit, the Spirit baptizes us in Jesus and baptism of water and baptism with the Spirit, we see what it takes to be a Christian. We see what it takes to get saved. We see what it takes to, to grow. We're, we're here to grow, right? Thief on the cross, now we got that argument there, right? You don't have to be baptized to go to heaven, do you? No. Otherwise, Jesus lied to the man on the cross a few hours before he died. He said, today you will be with me in paradise. But he was kind of tied up. He couldn't get off to get to the river. He didn't get baptized with the Spirit, but he was saved. Conviction happened in his heart. He repented. He asked for forgiveness. He didn't have to live any much longer to mess up, so to speak. But he was there. But we see this picture of salvation, water baptism, and spirit baptism. Salvation, water baptism, spirit baptism. That's what I just read these scriptures to you this morning. Now Jesus is our example. But Jesus didn't have to be saved. He was, he was uh, sired by the Holy Spirit. His blood was pure. The pure Lamb of God. You and I have been born into sin. We have to be born again. Jesus didn't have to be born again. He came from heaven. He came from the Spirit. Okay? But he did get baptized. As an, he showed us what we needed to do. And by the way, he received the Holy Spirit. Didn't he? How in the world did he do the works that he did? He said, the things you've seen me do, you'll do them greater. What's he talking about? When the Spirit comes on you, he's going to work in you just like he did me. For the edification of the saints, for the building of the church, all these things. So he was baptized, he received the Holy Spirit, he, all that happened. The very last words that Jesus spoke when he was on this word, go to Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Not many days from now, he's telling them, wait for the promise. And we know what happened. You got Peter and this 120 in the upper room. They listened to what Jesus told them. They believed what Jesus told them. There's a promise coming. The comforter's coming. And they waited. And we know that the Holy Spirit came on them. And we know that they spoke in tongues. And they went out and they preached. And all the people that were there heard what they, he had to say, or they had to say in their own language. That was the Spirit working. We know that that happened. That's what we have in Acts chapter 2 that we've seen. We know that 3,000 were saved that day because of this. But go to verse 37 of Acts chapter 2, if you would. It says here, it says, Now when they heard this, this is after pre pre uh, Peter got through preaching, 
And when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. They had to repent. They had to get saved. They had to get baptized in water in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and then they would receive the gift. How many of you like to get gifts? Yes. Good. That's why I don't buy you Christmas gifts. None of you raised your hands, so you don't mind. <laughs> Two people. Sweetie, put them down on the Christmas list. <laughs> but many people talk, and many people in our Pentecostal circles will talk that the gift is the Spirit. But the gift... The gift he's talking about is the Holy Spirit. They say that the gift is speaking in tongues. That ain't the gift. The gift is the Spirit. And the gift in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tells us that there are gifts that he gives as he sees fit. Tongues being one of them, interpreting tongues being another. The gift of healing, the gift of prophecy and so on. I think 1 Corinthians 12, you can look them up. But one of those is not the gift. The gift is the Spirit. That's how we roll with the Spirit, so to speak. He is the one that gives us what we need. Okay? See, we have the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, but then in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, we have what is called the fruit of the Spirit. Now you want to know if the Spirit is in you. You say, well, I had a, a moment and I spoke in tongues and, and I just fell out and cried and bawled and man, it was great. And yes, it is great, let me tell you. Let me tell you. And to be continually filled. To be continually filled. To be continually filled. Don't we need to be continually filled? Amen. We have to be well, here, here he tells us, let's go to Galatians 5, and 23. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. There is no performance that we have to do in order to have the fruit of the Spirit. He's saying there's no law for that. That's a byproduct. You see, Mr. Hensley told me this morning that I got a great old big mater out there in the back of his car. It came on while I was gone. Now, you know how disappointed I be when I get home and I take that knife to that thing after I've chilled it in the fridge for a couple hours with some mayonnaise and some salt and pepper. What are you talking about, preacher? I'd be awful disappointed if I stuck a knife to that and just cut through the skin and it was empty inside. You see, it doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit. It says the fruit of. That means all this goes into play. Well, I love, but I'm not very patient. Your fruit is still growing. And you better let him help you to grow. I'd be very disappointed to get home cut in that man, nothing but air be in there. It's made up of a whole lot of parts. And that's what the fruit of the Spirit is. And you identify that in yourself. You let him work in you and say, you know, I need work here. Holy Spirit, you got to help me. Because guess what? You cannot do it alone. You can show up in this church for the two hours that we're here and you can walk the walk and talk the talk, act the act, do the thing. But when it happens 365 days a year, 24-7, that's the Spirit. And He will identify things for us. 
Remember I told you, sometimes the word cuts. It's got to cut before it can heal, and it hurts. It hurts the flesh. If the flesh ain't hanging on too hard, it don't hurt. That's why we hear about people getting saved and being delivered from alcoholism or whatever other ism you want to stick on it, and then other people get saved and they struggle. They haven't completely let go. They haven't let the Holy Ghost have his way in their life. In many places, they don't have him because they don't believe in him. That's a good place for an amen, Pentecostal church. They don't believe in him. You see, there's a theology out there that teaches that this only happened to the apostles and the 120 in order to get the church started. And it's, uh, they say it doesn't happen today. This happened then to get everything rolling and get the books of the Bible written, so now we got what we need. But they haven't read the scriptures. Let's go to Acts chapter 39, 2.39. For the promise. Who is the promise? The Holy Ghost. Is to you, he's talking to these guys here, and to your children, that mean they're babies, Danny and Allie, that'd be your babies, my babies, and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Brothers and sisters, that means you and me. Have you been called by God? Have you come into the fold? Then the Holy Ghost is working today. He's meant to be here today. He's meant to help you in your life today. It wasn't just for them. It's for us. That's what the Scripture says. Amen. That's what the Scripture says. It didn't end there. It didn't end there. That's us. We can receive him. Don't be fooled by false teaching. Because this morning you've heard it. This morning you need to go out and tell them that couldn't be here today that when Charlie gets back, this message is going to be online and they need to get it in their spirits. Better yet, take some good notes so you can teach them. Amen? I can't preach this message again unless God tells me. But thank God for technology. We're going to save it and have it online. Oh... Let's go to Acts chapter 8 and verse 12 through 17. But when they believed, you remember Philip was called and he was up there. He, he was up there preaching. And he came across this guy by the name of Simon the sorcerer. Now Simon the sorcerer had been working miracles and people thought he was a guy of God. But he wouldn't. He was a sorcerer. He was doing witchcraft if you want to break it down. But then Philip shows up and starts preaching on the things of God. He says, but when they believed, Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. You see, they believed, and then they got baptized. Then Simon himself, now this is Simon. I read a commentary the other day and said, well, he really wasn't saved. That's not what the Bible says. Okay? But Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. Verse 14. You see there? Believed, and they were baptized. It's two things that's gotten done. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. Why? Let's read the next verse. It'll tell us. Who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. They came to tell them about him. They hadn't received him yet, but they came down that they might receive. Let's go to verse 16. For, he, for as yet he had fallen 
upon none of them. They hadn't received him yet. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. That's real. That happened. It is a progression. It is something that is definite. It is separate. Can you see it in the Word? Oh, gosh, let's get it. Please, can we get it? In verse 20, but then now, that, now I want to go here and I want to go off on this little tangent real quick. Simon the sorcerer, when he saw what was done, he didn't receive the Holy Spirit, and so he offered them money. What did Peter say? Your money perished with you. This is verse 20. Because you have thought that the gift of God can be purchased with money. It cannot. It cannot. Doesn't matter how rich you are, how poor you are in this world of, of stuff. That doesn't mean anything. He said, you neither have part nor portion in this matter. What's the matter? The matter is the receiving of the Holy Spirit. For your heart is not right in the sight of God. Now, if I stood up here and came to any individual here this morning and said, I perceive that the, your heart is not right with God, you and half your family and a couple of your friends would roll out and never come back. Am I right about that? That's why the churches ain't going down this road anymore. Because they love the money. They love the people coming in. I want to minister to everybody. But let me tell you something. Your money perish with you. I thank you for your offering this morning. I want your prayers more than I want your money. I need your prayers more than I want your money. And I want you to get that. I want you to understand that. This is straight out preaching. This is Holy Ghost moving. He said there's something not right in you. In the sight of God, repent therefore of your wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven. You go to verse 23. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound with iniquity. This man is saved. But yet he has the poison of bitterness. Where did the bitterness come from? It came from a place of unforgiveness. We've been teaching this for the last couple of years, right? You got unforgiveness, it grows into bitterness. And I'm going to tell you what, right here it tells us you are not going to receive the Holy Spirit. Or he may depart. That's what he's telling us. You ever know somebody that's spirit-filled, maybe even a preacher, and they fail? What are you going to say? They never was saved. Well, how did the Lord, did the Lord, work, Lord work through them? Oh, no, it can happen. That's why we've got to renew our minds daily. We've got to continually keep ourselves in check. We've got to continue to let the Word wash us and by the washing of the Word, right? We've got to let the Word come in and wash us and cleanse us and show us and to take us to these places. But he was bound by bitterness and iniquity. So here we had again salvation, water baptism, spirit baptism. Folks, there have been many saved and there have been many water baptized, but there are a lot that have never received the Holy Spirit. Never. That's like walking around with one leg. You can get around, but it ain't as easy. There are those that say that you receive the Holy Spirit when you get saved. I'm almost done. Y'all hang on with me, okay, please? Acts chapter 19, verse 1. And it happened while Paulus was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples... Those are followers of Christ. That's what a disciple is. And you make disciples, with, first of all, with your family, with your, your immediate family, with your kids. And then you make disciples with the people you work with, with your neighbor across the way. You do everything you can to make disciples. And you have to have the leading of the Spirit. Why don't we go and talk to our neighbor on the other side of the fence who has rejected us all these times? Because the Holy Spirit probably is not working in our life to give us the boldness to do it. 
Why are we not having the hard conversations with our friends who we love and we don't want them to have this difficult time in life because we don't have the Holy Spirit giving us boldness to go to them in love and gentleness, the fruit of the Spirit, so that they too can learn. You see, you can't sweep stuff under the rug because it's bad seed. And when you put bad seed in the ground, it's going to grow bad things that will put more bad seed in the ground. Look at my garden with all the weeds. And I had it cleaned out before I left. Carson said my weed crop is in good shape. But we're talking about the Apostle Paul here. He wrote over a third of the New Testament. Right? The Bible tells us that he was caught up into the third heaven and showed things that is forbid he, he was forbidden to tell us about. Why? Because it was so weighty, there's no way we could handle it. You can find the reference to that in 2 Corinthians 12. The point is, the Apostle Paul knows theology. He knew theology. He had it down pat. Folks, I don't, and I'm not against schools. Don't, don't take what I'm about to say against schooling and learning. It's good. But I don't care if you got a Ph.D. in Hebrew and you can, you're so good at it, you can read it left to right. Now, if you don't know better, Hebrew's read right to left. I don't care if you got two PhDs in Cornaic Greek, which is the other language that the Bible's written in, and you know everything there is to know, you can speak it fluently. And I don't care if you're working on your master's degree for Aramaic, the other language that's going on. doesn't matter. See, that knowledge is no good unless the Spirit is the one that's leading us. And some of those scholars with the PhDs and the double PhDs and the doctorates and all these other Ds and PHs and PHM balance and all these PHs and all these things are the very ones that's teaching. What did I just say? That you receive the Holy Spirit when you get saved. Just because they drive a fancy car and they teach it, you doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. We got to go with what the Word says. And I'm going to tell you what the word says here in a minute. By the way, and I don't mean this derogatory at all, but our general overseer, Brother Clements, it doesn't matter what he says. What matters is what the word says. It doesn't matter what our general pastor of North America, Tim Coulter, says. What matters is what the word of God says. It doesn't matter what Bishop uh, Shaw says, our state overseer. What matters is what the word of God says. It doesn't matter what the preacher says. The preacher says. The teacher says, the Sunday school teacher says, what matters is what the Word of God has to say. And when Paul wrote it, I'm going to assure you, Paul knew theology better than anybody else. Anybody walking this earth today don't have what Paul had. Because he even had stuff he couldn't tell us. So he had something to back it up. And when he wrote it, he knew what he was talking about. He knew exactly what I mean. His moniker is on over a third of the New Testament. His name, his signature. He's the one that, that done the writing. We do, however, have the guidance of the Holy Spirit, teachers, preachers, evangelists. We have the guidance of the Holy Spirit, or at least we should. And I'm going to tell you now, if we don't, it's time for us to step down from our positions. Otherwise, we can't teach the church of God. Can't happen. Doesn't matter how many shortages there are. Not just everybody that says, I'm going to be a preacher, gets to step up and do it. It's going to take some spirit leading. And I'm going to tell you now, if you ain't in it for the long haul, 
you, if you're going to be like the guy that was a good relief pitcher, he come in and threw the two batters and they lost the game because of him, they're going to get you out of there. It's that simple. It takes, you'll quit. Am I right, Brother Murphy? If it ain't God-led, you will step down and quit in a heartbeat. Say, forget it all, I'm going to go back to living my life, rocking on my front porch and doing whatever. No, it takes the leading of the Spirit. I'm almost done. Y'all please just bear with me. Let me finish. Acts chapter 19. Remember, Paul, he knows theology. So he went and he came through, found these disciples. Let's go to verse 2. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said to him, we have not heard so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. They hadn't been taught. Folks, there are people sitting in this room today and it's not been taught that. Or refuse to hear the teaching because an earlier teaching said this ain't real. That's what I'm talking about here. They said they hadn't heard. Now let me ask you this. If you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe, then I'll add a question for you. Why in the world did Paul ask them? Why? Why did he ask them? They said they hadn't heard of the Spirit. Go to verse 3. And he said to them, into... What then were you baptized? And they said into John's baptism. Then Paul said, You indeed baptized them. John indeed baptized them with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus, of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. What part of that don't we get? That's simple Bible. As dumb as I am, I can understand that. I don't have a PhD. I don't understand English real good sometimes. But that's what the Bible says. So we have here once again salvation, water baptism, spirit baptism. When a person gets saved, they become a new person. Amen? When we get baptized, it's the picture of the old man being dead and buried and resurrected anew. That's what baptism is. Right? And that means you're saved. But we carry around the baggage and the junk that we have for the rest of our lives because we refuse to believe that there is a baptism of the Spirit. And friends, I'm going to tell you this morning, you have absolutely no power over the sin in your life. And I'm not, you know... Jeff Bogue said, don't drink, don't smoke, don't chew, don't date women that do. That's the stuff we see. I'm talking about the stuff inside that we see. You know, Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, outside, oh, you're white enough, you look beautiful, but inside you're full of dead men's bones because God sees inside of us. It's secret sins, the things I'm talking about, people don't know about. And you will never, ever, 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 you will not overcome it without the power of the Spirit. I'm going to ask you again. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, 
don't you and me? Otherwise, that, I mean, that's why churches break apart all the time. People get mad. They get mad over the stupidest stuff. Is there anything on this earth worth getting mad at somebody over and breaking a church up? And there are people that does it, and they believe in it, and they fight to, you know, they'll stomp their foot, and their veins pop out in their head, face get red. And sometimes some of them want to act like, well, I got the Holy Ghost. And, well, no, you don't. Not if you're getting angry and veins are popping out and you're falling out with your brethren. Oh, no. I don't know what you got, but it ain't the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? That means if we fall out today over anything before you leave this place, we need to settle it before we walk out. Amen? That's when the power of the Holy Ghost will flow in and among the people. That's whenever he will start working. Oh, we have the testimonies of healing. Our brother Berkeley is one of them. Up here getting prayer again this morning, but he has so much testimony of how God has touched him. Don't tell me the Holy Ghost don't work. Don't tell me God ain't doing his work. Don't tell me he's not manifesting the things that he's going to do with the word when it's preached, when we have prayer. Don't tell me he ain't working. He is working and he's here with us. But you want to see him work in a mightier way? Then you got to believe the doctrine. you got to receive him. Otherwise, you see, we receive things and we understand by the Spirit. The people who don't understand the things of God, the reason they don't is there's no Spirit there. Oh, I don't understand the Word of God. I read it and I can't get it. You know why? Because you've got to have the Holy Ghost. He's the one that will open the door for you. He's the one that will let you look maybe up into that third heaven and to see the things that need to be done. He's the one that will give you a prophecy that will go to somebody's heart that they get saved one day. And you don't even know what you're talking about, but it hit them. It struck hard. It hit them in the heart. And they came forward and let Him come in so that He could continue growing and growing and growing. That's what he's about. Let's not play church. Let's be the church. And if we're going to be the church, then we'll have the boldness and we'll tell everybody in this community what God's doing here. We'll go and we'll testify to our brothers and sisters when we face things. And they will come and they will be with us and pray with us and we'll be overcomers. And now we have a story to pass on to someone else who needs to hear it and that boldness will only come from the Spirit of God. That's how people get saved. 3,001 day. Why? Because there were men and women who were submitted to the Holy Ghost. And they, He may have told them, will you say this? And they just let their tongues go and they ended up speaking a language. They had no idea what was going on. But on the other hand, they said, this is a miracle. I understand you and you're a dumb Galilean. How do you be able to speak my language? Well, it's from God. You know this Jesus that you crucified? Oh, he's the one. He told us to wait for the promise and we waited for the promise and he's come upon us and what you're seeing now is the result of it. And they said, men and brethren, what must we do? Repent. Be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins and receive the Holy Ghost. Amen? Uh, you got your little papers. I'm going to hit this real quick because we're soon going to go into a teaching for the tabernacle. This is a picture of the tabernacle, by the way. It doesn't have all the furniture in it. It's just got what I wanted to point out today. The picture of what we've talked about. Repentance, water baptism, 
and spirit baptism. You see here at the top, there's a door. When they built the tabernacle, there was only one way to get into it. And that was through the door. Who is the door? Jesus Christ. He said, no man comes to the Father but by me. And guess what? You ain't coming through me unless the Father draws you. How's he do that? By the Spirit. That's the conviction that hits. And then he baptizes us in Christ. So we come into the first place. And we see this big square dot, it's the altar. It's where the blood of the lamb was shed. It's where the sacrifice was made. Jesus is the sacrifice. That's the picture of our salvation. Then you got this big water laver here, right? Some say, and the Bible doesn't tell us, so if you read it, don't take it as the word of God because they don't know. But some say that it was big enough a man could actually kind of swim in it, submerse himself. It was huge. That's our water baptism. Many people will come through Jesus and get to this place and they'll get to this place and they shun away from the oil. The oil in the, in the Bible refers to the Spirit. You remember that when they was in the wilderness, Moses and them, they were fallen and the Spirit of God led them by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Anytime you see oil in the Bible, it's referring to the Holy Ghost. Many people will come in. Now, what happened when the priests would come in? This is all about the priests being cleansed. We're going to go over this. It's going to take many weeks to do it, I think. But the priest had a process he had to go to, rituals that God gave him, before he could get to this place, the Holy of Holies, the most holy place, where the Ark of Covenant was and where the Shekinah glory of God was. And if he went in there and he wouldn't write, he didn't come out. It killed him. The presence of God would kill him. He had to go through the process. He had to offer. He had to cleanse himself. If you read it, I think it's in Exodus 31, I believe. Don't hold me to that, but I think it is 30 or 31. It talks about this oil that is for Aaron and the priests. The oil represents the Holy Spirit. So there'd be a bottle or something there that they would go to and that they would receive the anointing. They had this process to go to to get into the presence of God. You see, we don't get to go to God by our rules. We have to follow what he says. This is what he says. This is what he's laid out for us. If you want to know more, come back in a couple of Sundays. We'll probably get started on it. I'm going to let you know now. If we if, if follow what God's given me, we're going to spend some time learning about this because it's important. But you go get the anointing on, then you're able to go into the presence of God. You ever wonder why sometimes prayers aren't answered? I'm not talking about when we prayed up here as a group this morning. People are going to receive healing from it. I'm going to ask you this, was it because of your prayer? We're going to have prayer service tonight and pray for people. We're going to come back here to pray. That's it. We're going to pray. Might be a little word. I don't know yet. I really don't know. Been chewing on it, but I don't know. But we're going to pray. And in order to get into the presence of God, we've got to do this. Now, I'm going to ask you this morning do you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You ask yourself that. Do you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Jesus did, He's our example.
the apostles, they did all these wondrous things. Why? Because they were spirit-led. It's good and quiet in here now. And I know, I know what's going on in your mind. I know there's been some people who have been Simon the sorcerer. You understand what I'm talking about? There have been people who have been Simon the sorcerer and they've given the Holy Spirit a bad name. They wanted to fit into a group. I remember preaching one Sunday morning here. I'm going to let you go in just a minute. You can go now if you need to, but hear this. And there was a guy came walking up through here to the altar, and he was kind of doing his little step, and and something in me. And I'm going to tell you what it was. It was the Holy Ghost. That ain't right. And so I'm sitting here going, okay, God, if I'm wrong on this, if I am I really hearing from you? I'm asking that question, trying to preach, trying to get ready to preach. Do I listen to you or what? I need to know, God. I need to know this is you. I mean, I've got this struggle going on inside of me, getting ready to bring the word to people. And the only thing I heard was, go to him. Well, you didn't tell me to settle him down, you, didn't, you just said go to him. And when I got to him, I now knew what God already knew. The power that was moving this guy and making him, you know, he'd seen enough to be able to mimic it. But what was leading him was not the Holy Spirit. This old police knows, knows. He was full of bourbon. And then the Holy Spirit gave me the word. What's running you now is not what needs to be running you. Quit playing the game. And for the next months, this guy got to a play. And I mean a lot of long nights and phone calls in the wee hours whenever he was struggling. He got a job. Things was looking up. Life was good. And he fell off the wagon, lost his job. Ended up in the hospital. Yellow as the yellowest crayon you ever saw because his liver was about done working. And what really got me with that, folks, and this is what I'm getting to, there are those that will fake it and they've ruined it for a lot of people. But what got me was spirit-filled people. I'm about to go off of here. Spirit-filled people kept coming to me saying, oh, that's odd, spirit-filled man. And, of course, I didn't say anything because that was his testimony to give when he overcame. But I thought, how are you spirit-filled? And because he went through the motions, he could rattle his tongue around, he could do all that. He was spirit-filled. How could you not know? Because the spirit will bear a witness. Amen? I will knock anything down that the Spirit tells me to knock down, and I don't want you to be afraid to let the Spirit lead you. Do you understand that? As pastor, as leader of this church, as leaders of this church in leadership positions, we got to know. we got to keep ourselves in tune. That's why I said we can't do the job without Him. If it ain't real, we're going to call it down and get you to the place of deliverance that you can have the real thing. But if it's real, oh, we want to fan the flames and let him do his work. Amen.
Don't we want to fan the flames and let him do his work? How many? I remember sitting up here one night with Sister Murphy for about two hours, giggling like a, like a nut. Do you remember that, Sister Murphy? You and I both. I had to get up at 3 o'clock that morning to go to work. Didn't leave church till 10-something Sunday night. Because we had us a giggling fit. Other people were doing some other things. They were receiving the blessings of God, getting refilled. Do you need to be refilled this morning? That's what I'm asking you. Do you need to be refilled? Maybe you've never received. Do you need to receive the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm going to tell you now, if you walk out of here without Him, the same junk you walked in the door with, you'll be dealing with this afternoon. You need to be filled with the Spirit, according to what the Bible says. Stand to your feet. Come sing us a song. Something's going to lead us. Preacher went long again. Well, you had a month off from me. Just making up for lost time. All Paul says is ten after. But I want to ask you this morning, if you need to receive the Holy Spirit so that you can be an overcomer in your life, would you step forward? And I don't care if, if you guys are up here singing and you need something from the Spirit, no, nah, we can get along without you. You need to go and get what you need. Amen? We want the Spirit to flow in our church. Then why don't we let Him? Amen? Why don't we let Him? Don't be ashamed because I'm going to tell you now, you got some Spirit-filled people in this place that ain't going to let nobody knock you down. They can talk all they want, but we're going to stand by you. We're going to stand by the Word of God. We're going to stand by God. And we're going to stand with you that you might receive the Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Have you received since you believed? That's the invitation. Since you've believed and you've received, have you kind of gotten weak? Do you need to be filled again? Do you need another filling from the Spirit? Then all you got to do is receive. He may have something He needs to point out in our hearts. It can be taken care of today, right now, and you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit right here today and walk out of this church not carrying the same luggage you walked in carrying. Doesn't that make you happy, folks? Amen. Don't it make you happy? Let's not let the spirit of oppression overtake us anymore. It might take one of the spirit-filled people to step out and be the one that's going to do the leading, the boldness that I'm talking about by the spirit. I did the boldness of bringing the word and preaching it. But do you need to receive the Holy Spirit today? You'll not be an effective teacher. You'll not be an effective preacher. You'll not be an effective witness for God Almighty unless you have the Holy Spirit. You can have all the knowledge in the world, but you need Him because He's the one that makes the difference. He's the one that will lead you to somebody that is praying and give them the word that they need to receive. He's the one that does the work. We need the Holy Spirit to lead us. And church, I'm going to go on another limb here. We've been lacking a whole lot of the move of the Spirit, and I don't know why all the Spirit-filled people ain't standing here right now to get a fresh feeling. 